0: Everyone, I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell,
1: an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves.
0: We think self-care is important, but it can simultaneously be elusive.
1: well, today we, you know, I I don't know how we can talk about anything other than how we are all dealing with this ongoing quarantine. It is certainly affecting everyone. Um, it has turned many of our lives upside down, if not a little bit sideways. Yeah. Um, so we are going to be continuing that conversation today. We're going to talk a little bit about um, just ruinized update, um we've both been dealing with, you know, just a little bit of health scare issues. Um, We're going to hear from BJ. She is going to give us um, all a bit of a guided meditation um, and some help for dealing with anxiety during this time. Claire is going to be talking about um, the best dry oils for dry skin, little um, self-care in there. And then we're going to end with talking about how each of us are staying sane and finding some rhythms of self-care while we are quarantined. Yes. So, Ru, let's catch up with you because I know I've been on kind of pins and needles waiting to hear back about your test, which you talked about last week. Have you gotten yeah. the results yet? <laughs> i i have not
0: i have not gotten the results and i keep um logging into my you know i I don't know if like all of your charts are Mm -hmm. online so i keep refreshing my email to see if i'm getting like a new test result and instead i get um an email from my retirement fund and it just says your portfolio has been rebalanced and i'm like yeah that's you don't want to open that you don't want to look at that at all yeah. Uh, so it has been, I guess, five days mm-hmm. since I've been tested. And they said it would take five days. And then I read online that some places it's taking as lo- uh, up to seven days. Yeah. So I called my doctor's office and I said, you know, they had said five days. And she was like, yeah, that doesn't include weekends. Like, really? It doesn't? So wow. I, uh, you know, I... I'm just I'm waiting and then you know my kids got tested too and so
1: and did you all get tested on the same day so when you get your results you'll get everyone's at the same time
0: no they got tested the day after me just Um. because they couldn't uh, yeah just the way that it worked we ended up having to go through the drive through twice um so I know well one this worries me because that means all the numbers we're seeing are maybe five to seven days behind oh
1: yes we're on a massive delay
0: Mm-hmm. Um and I am feeling better. I'm still coughing quite a bit. I know that, and, and I'm still acting as though. I mean, I'm staying away from everyone for Obviously. sure. Yeah. Um and thankfully, like, uh, you know, my kids with with asthma are are doing like we're fine. We're all fine. We're Good. all fine. I certainly like knowing just because I think having that information is important. Yes. Um, but again, like, I wish it was like a pregnancy test. I want all of us to be able to pee on a stick and find out whether or not we have COVID at any given time. Um, there was news here where someone got tested and it was negative and then had an, an unrelated health thing happen like six days later and got tested again. And it was positive. So, Ooh. you know, it's just kind of like, well, how does anyone, you know, let's say you test negative and then you go to Target and
1: I, I don't know. I don't no, know. Totally. I mean, I hope that that's coming. I, I definitely hope that, you know, our, our country figures it out, I you know, and and we can have more large scale testing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and
1: how about you? How are you doing with your asthma? You know, I mean, I will say, speaking of the need for tests, and it's interesting because someone had asked in our in our selfie Facebook community, you know, like what's the big deal about not having tests? And I'll share a personal anecdote, which is similar to your own. Um, which why I think is test- testing is so important for people. So I have asthma and my asthma has been very spiked this week. Now, you know, generally speaking, anx- anxiety does not spike my asthma, although it's certainly possible. Um, one reason it could be spiked is because the weather's been a little wonky. It's, it's gone from rainy to dry to rainy to dry. But also another reason that I have these symptoms could be COVID, right? I mean, it's, it's alarming when your symptoms look just like it, right? So the only thing I haven't had is a fever, but I've had, I've had the dry cough. I've had um, shortness of breath. I've had wheezing. And so right. five days of that, you know, which is abnormal for me. I mean, I don't typically have to use my rescue inhaler every day, and I've used it multiple times a day for the last week. So five days into this, you know, I just called my doctor and it's like, I'm not like freaking out and I'm in quarantine. So it's not like I need to worry about exposing other people. I'm, you know, we're we're all holed up at home, not going anywhere. But I called my doctor and I just said, like, I want to log these symptoms. You know, I just kind of want to have, you know, just a paper trail, (laughs) you know, in case I took a turn for the worst, so that I could say, hey, I called my doctor at this day or whatever. But, you know, I'm describing my symptoms to him, and I know that – and we had a teleconference appointment, and I can see that he's going through, you know, whatever the quiz is that he's been given from the health agency, right? And so he's asking me questions. He's saying, well, you know, do you have a dry cough? Yes. Do you have shortness of breath? Yes. Do you have a fever? No. But then his next question is, have you traveled to a place where there's an outbreak? Uh, Ah, that one drives me nuts. That's that's everywhere. I felt really (laughs) irritated because how outdated is this test? We have community transmission. We know that. Like, the town I live in already has community transmission, meaning we can no longer trace back where people have received it from. Someone who works in the mall had it. And so, you know, so it's just like we're still asking where people have traveled, you know, which seems dumb. And and then, you know, he's like, well, you're not eligible for a test because you don't have a fever, which... Let me say this from the outset. I'm fine not being tested because there's a scarcity of tests and my test should be going to a healthcare worker, right? Like, But at the same time, we should have enough tests. And here's why I should be tested. My doctor said, it's most likely asthma. So this is what he prescribed. Use your nebulizer more, use your inhaler more, and let's put you on a steroid. All three uh. of those things are steroids. And what do we know about steroids? They, terrible for COVID. They compromise your immune system. They are literally telling your immune system, hey, settle down. So anyone who's been on prednisone right now for any health issue is immunocompromised. So this is why it's important for people with health issues to know whether they have it or not, because the treatment is entirely different. Yes. And so the result is because I can't get tested, I I am not following my doctor's advice. And I, you know, generally I do, but right now I don't think doctors know, everyone doesn't know, right? Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's too new. And that's why, you know, and, and there's a part of me that has a little bit of guilt for getting tested um, when I am, you know, young and relatively healthy, right? Well, I am healthy. I'm young and healthy, certainly. But uh, the same thing, my kids have asthma, my kids right. have been hospitalized for their asthma. And I, you know, I don't want to give them prednisone if that means, you know, for the exact same, for the exact same reasons. And so
1: you need to know what you're treating. I mean, that's like healthcare 101, know what you're treating. You know, you don't want to go in. Like there's a reason that when you go in for bronchitis, you get tested. Or if you go in and you think you have the flu, they test you. And like in a normal scenario, I would have been given some kind of a test so that we know what we're treating And instead we don't. And the result of that, and this is where I want people to understand this, is the result is I'm not treating my asthma right now because I don't know what I have. And so I'm miserable all day because I'm too scared to take the steroids because if I have COVID, that would actually make it worse.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, you and I live in different parts of the country. And so where I am they've opened up testing to, you know, before it was, we won't test you unless you're sick enough to be hospitalized.
1: Right.
0: Um, And so now what you're experiencing is like, you basically have to be sick enough in order to get a test, which which, what does that mean? Does that mean? Are you checking like your O2 sats? And are you like, are you are you making sure that um, which is it's just, uh, I don't know, it just, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And, you know, certainly like, I don't know, oh, maybe we maybe we don't want to start. Um, I I'm blame the
1: government for not having enough tests. Certainly. Well, I'm super irritated a, about that. I think there's a clear and public path back to us not having enough tests. Like this isn't a political like blame game. It's like this is observable fact. We don't have enough right. tests, because we said no to the World Health Organization's bevy of tests.
0: Right, right. I mean, there's a reason why there are uh, sewing groups that are making masks now yeah. for healthcare workers yeah. because we don't have enough PPE for everyone. So, yeah, I mean, I... I now Is this the is this your regular doctor? Like, would you have to if you went to a pulmonologist and paid whatever it costs for you to go see a pulmonologist? Do you think they would be more inclined uh, to order a COVID test for you? No, where
1: I live. No, what where I live right now, Southern California, as of today, I know that they will not test you unless you are a health care worker, or you are actually in the hospital. Wow. Yeah, I don't think anyone else can get tested at this point. I think that that's how low they are on tests that they are really only testing, you know, if you if you're well enough to stay home and take care of yourself, they they don't want to test you, which you know, and here's another thing that frustrates me too. If like let's say for example that I do have COVID and I don't think I do. Most likely it, you know, I don't. But let's say that I did have it and it was a mild case. It'd be nice for me to know that I already had it. Yeah. And like you too, it's, you know, it's like if people have it, they should know because we don't know yet whether or not, you know, immunity is a thing after having it, but most likely there is some level of immunity after you, after you've had it. And we should know who those people are because those are the people that can then go and assist and help and offer childcare. Like if I had it, if I have it right now, I would love to know In three weeks, if I've had it, and then I could behave differently and be like, taking groceries to more people or you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of a superpower if you've had it and then, and then you have tested negative at the end, like, we want to know who in the public is now negative and hopefully has immunity to it.
0: Yeah, I'm noticing too that all of the symptoms are just, it seems like there are just variations happening in the news. So For one sure. of my girls had digestive issues. And I was like, Oh, maybe you don't, like, maybe you've just got like a tummy bug. Right. And then I read 50% of people with COVID have digestive issues too. And it's like, Oh, okay. And so it, it's like, unfortunately, I think what's happening too, is that we just don't know enough we about just this don't yet. Know.
1: We really don't know. We really don't. And that's why I, you know, I feel very strongly that I want to you know, I'm I'm going to isolate until we know more and until we have some readily available treatments. And the treatment stuff is looking promising, you know, in terms of it's looking like chloroquine is helpful. It's looking like there's an HIV med that's helpful. It's looking like um, azithromycin might be helpful. You know, so they're, they're starting these clinical trials. The problem is most people aren't getting those medications yet because they haven't been FDA approved or like A local hospital to me, UC Irvine Medical Center, is doing um, clinical trials, but the problem is it's double blind, which means you could be in the hospital and really, really sick and you could get a placebo for that. Oh my gosh. So we just, yeah, I I mean, I will feel a lot more comfortable when we have more tests and when we have more treatments that have kind of passed through the clearing. But until then, I think I'm, I think I'm holed up at home. (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah, which uh I'm uh, do you have an a pulse oximeter? I did order one. If if anybody doesn't know what those are, I will link I will link one up that is a little thing that you can stick on your finger that checks your um your pulse and also your oxygen level. And I would recommend they're cheap. They're like $25. I would yeah, recommend everyone get one and have one at home.
0: Now, I I will share with a, with a with one with just one note of warning is that there are some healthcare workers who think that owning a pulse oximeter is similar to googling your symptoms so i like to i like to use it as just one data point because there are times like you could be fine but it just so happens that your o2 is reading at 92 yes but but you're actually fine but it could be the other way around where you're wheezing like crazy and your oxygen is at 98 or whatever but As a parent of kids with asthma, I love having that on hand. Um, And then I also like saying that I own a pulse oximeter because it makes you feel smug. So that's also a bonus of having that.
1: (laughs) But you know, I mean, to your point of like, you know, most people wouldn't recommend doing this at home. The problem is that we're living in this time where everyone's being asked to treat a a potentially fatal disease in their home. Like really, that's what everyone's being asked to do. And you're, you're only admitted at if you are like in respiratory distress which you know there there there's a pretty wide gap between being healthy and being in respiratory distress to the point of hospitalization right. and a lot of people are going to be living in that messy middle at home without any medical care that's scary
0: yeah, I mean, we stocked up on albuterol, and we, yep. you know, we've had the nebulizers going, and I'm, you know, washing out masks, and, I, and I've got prednisone on hand just in case, but I'm not giving it to anyone unless right. we know for sure it's not COVID, right? So, right. yeah, it's 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 rough. I was uh, one of my kids was slicing fruit, and I was suspicious of the way she was holding a piece of fruit, and I was like, look. Now is not the time to cut your hand Dude, because right. we need to keep the hospitals. The, the, the hospitals are for the people with COVID right now, not us, because we were not wise in the way that we were cutting our fruit. Um, and so that's been my lecture. Like, don't do something that makes you end up in the hospital when, you know, oh my gosh. H- healthcare workers are already maxed out. I told my um, boys the
1: same. I'm like, you're not you're not doing skateboard tricks right now. Like, we're not I'm not taking you in with a broken arm like it's not happening right mom's
0: gonna set this one herself totally (laughs) I'm I'm like don't like I look I would rather stitch you up myself with my my uh little Joanne fabrics at home
1: embroidery kit than take you in somewhere right now so oh my gosh no uh, totally I, I was I was actually supposed to have a minor medical thing done I was supposed to have a GI scope um, Ooh, yeah. because I have, you know, acid reflux and I guess they need to go in every once in a while and make sure like your esophagus isn't getting damaged or, you know, that there's nothing and it's, it's minor, but you know, I, it was ordered by a doctor and covered by my insurance and I, it was supposed to be yesterday and I canceled it. I'm like, I just don't want to go in. Like I don't yeah, want to go um, in no, anywhere. Of course not. Like I think I'm oh, not going to die from acid reflux. So I'm just, we'll deal with that later.
0: I know. I mean, are we going to have to start doing like DIY paps and uh, pelvic
1: exams too? Is there know. like an Etsy? Maybe there's an Etsy kit for that? I don't know. All I know is I'm really freaking <laughs> glad that I got my mammogram crap out of the way. Like I
0: I uh, did not. I did not. And, and I am just going to continuing. I'm just going to self-examine and, and, you know, maybe when it's... Uh, when the first peak has passed, I'll go in, but I'm like, there's really no, there's, I'm not, I'm not going to a single appointment right now. No, unless I'm not it's, either. Um, yes. Although yes,
1: i Which you is why, go one, on. One issue that we're having is I have two kids that need braces and like we were about to put them on their teeth. And I think I'm going to end up doing one of those mail-in like small club director or something you know what i'm talking about right. like where they yeah. send you this the kit and your kid does the impression at home and then you mail it in and then they mail you the aligners just because i don't want to have to take my kid to an ortho appointment every other week two weeks yeah yeah for the next yep. couple months so I'm like guys I guess you're I guess you're because they wanted aligners anyway of course they wanted the clear things and I'm like oh I don't trust you guys to deal with those while at school you're gonna lose them and now I'm like well we're home we might as well do hey. the aligners I will say I had them as an adult and I definitely
0: lost them because I would whip them out and like stick them in a napkin to eat something. But of course, I'd toss the napkin in the garbage. But that's a that's, you know, another thing. It's going to be
1: a whole thing because one of one of these children I'm speaking of also has ADD, which I'm going to say is not going to bode well (laughs) in terms of keeping track of an aligner. But we're, you know, yeah, yeah, I just I will say this. I
0: like that kid has to be the kid that digs through the trash yes that's the only way they'll learn the only way i learned was when i was you know uh face down butt up in my outdoor trash can trying to find my uh (laughs) trying to find my invisalign and then knowing that i would have to put that back in my mouth (sighs)
1: yeah yeah i know that we're yeah that's gonna happen but at least it's better than him being at school which (laughs) yes yes that then it's a cafeteria dumpster oh yeah I I mean that I think I would have just gotten calls every day your son lost his aligner again Mm -mm. yeah do
0: you um do you
1: have two thumbs up for the week I do have two 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 thumbs up yes I do okay my first and I shared this one on um my general Facebook and Instagram page but So we um, have had these table topics. um, Oh, yeah. I saw you were posting about that. Which, you know, they're super great. I mean, you know, as a therapist, it's like, I love this crap. They're like these, you know, questions that ask you kind of like to choose between like, you know, would you rather win a million dollars or cure cancer? Or, you know, would you rather um, be a pilot or a scientist? But some of them are a little more interesting, you know, like, what's your first memory? And um, I've had these cards for Years. It's funny. I went to go find them on Amazon, and I purchased them in 2014. You know how Amazon will tell you when you yes, buy things. Yes. Yes. Like, wow, I've had these for four years, and we've never gotten through the whole box. So, uh, you, well, you math—that's six years. Yeah. Oh, math is hard. Six years. That's really funny. (laughs) Six years. So I have, I have the regular version. I have the, there's a family version. Um, We actually have a couple different versions now, and I just ordered another version, but yeah, they're just, it's, it's a little glass cube that you can sit on your table with questions. And we kind of, we probably do five or six questions at every meal. And like, I am not even kidding. The last three meals we've sat down to We sat at the table for like an hour and a half, just laughing, and then it leads to other conversations. You know what I mean? Like it, you know, they're just a good conversation starter. But yeah, it's called table talk. I'll link up to them. They're on Amazon, and I just, I think they're super sweet. Like I really do feel like they have been, like bonding, like really bonding. Um, Which we, which is what we all need right now. We do totally. We totally do. So there's that one and then this one is you know is a little less um, meaningful, but there is this. I just got so funny in the mail this thing called the spatty and it is a super, super long, super, super skinny spatula. <laughs> and you can use it for these are the two uses that I've been using them for because we're running out of everything. So it's perfect for when you've got like that last bit of peanut butter right uh. in the bottom of the jar. Or that last bit of jelly in the bottom of the jar or you're like, you know, you're really trying to like clean stuff out or it's also good for makeup. So, you know, when your lipstick runs out and you have a little bit of lipstick at the bottom of the tube or when you're running out of your lotion or your serum. So anyway, my kids are loving these spatties. They're always like, where's the spatty?" And like, you know, using it to dig stuff out of something as we're running out of all of our supplies.
0: That's cool. I will I will actually uh, look up both because we've been we've been trying to I don't know, just sit and do family dinners more that now that we're all home. And we've been using um, those writing prompts that I've been using, or we'll ask like really dumb questions where it's like, would you rather, like, lick a public doorknob or eat a handful of hair? Just really, (laughs) yours sound a little bit more highbrow. So I think I'm gonna have to check those out. Um, Mine for the week are, we've been doing, just trying to do some some good self-isolation uh, activities, and I find, and, and simultaneously, frankly, minimize some of the anxiety that we're all feeling. So uh, we've been doing jigsaw puzzles, and I will put on some music, and I will just, uh, I'll clear off the kitchen table, and I'll just put them all out there, and I won't even say, like, okay, everyone, it's time to do the puzzle. They'll just kind of come to the table and spend like 10 minutes and then do something else and we'll just leave it out for the whole day. Um, But I find that it's really relaxing and it's just, it's because we're focusing on something else. It's nice to talk talk about other things too. Now, the problem is most puzzles are terrible. Like they all look like they were designed by the person who did all of the Precious Moments uh, statues. So it's always like, a cat holding a basket full of yarn, um, <laughs> but uh, but these are, I guess, the company is called Gallison, and so one is like. Um, a Frank Lloyd Wright design and the other one is just it's just really pretty it's, it's really pretty art like um, design aesthetic
1: art. yeah I like these that's
0: right yeah so uh, there's one that's like book club and like I know it seems silly because it's a jigsaw puzzle perhaps it's silly but it's also diverse and inclusive and I, I don't know I just they're really pretty to look at too and they're and they're fun so uh, we've really been enjoying that and then at the I end of the day that. it's nice to go oh look we, we did it and we take a picture and then we spray it and we spray the puzzle and break it down and stick it in a box and wait for all the COVID germs to go away. And then we pass it off to another family <laughs> nice. so they can use it too. Uh, but that's been really fun for us. And then the other thing, I don't know if you've been, um, have you been like wearing makeup or doing your hair?
1: I have. Yes, I have.
0: I, cause I've, I've, been I've been wearing a lot of sweatshirts which is fine I I think I told you the last time I looked nice was when I had to do press of course but I have been um I know for me if uh I know that a product is like a holy grail product for me if I run out of it and I immediately need to replenish so I ran out of my favorite holy grail face moisturizer and I was Mm -hmm. like oh it's fine I'm home I've got a bunch of other stuff kicking around that I'll use and my face rioted and now my face is dry <laughs> and I've got little dry patches so I immediately re up my order it's the Dr. Jart um, I'm going to say this wrong probably the Ceramidin cream and it if you have very way. yeah I have very I just generally have really dry skin so I have been layering that on um, in more uh, in the morning and then at night before I do or after I do you know whatever retinol or A-H- AHA or whatever serum mm-hmm. I put on um, at the moment and I love it. I love it so much that I usually have two tubes, one for my travel bag and then one for home. But now I have zero tubes and my face is sad. So (laughs) I realize that is one of my uh, must haves.
1: Okay, it's time for a beauty and skincare question for Claire. Claire Hi, everyone. is our resident beauty expert. So here's a question that someone posed in the Facebook group. My skin, especially on my face, has become so dry that I can't wear a foundation as it flakes off. A few years ago, my dermatologist recommended a lotion for intolerant skin. I've used it and like it, but it's expensive and not cutting it anymore. Plus, I'm running out. Any recommendations for lotions for face that are under $20? Thank you.
2: I have quite a few recommendations. Okay. Also, Facebook writer, you are not alone. The last few months, I've been so dry. Oh, yeah. And I know that feeling when you are putting your, like, really nice foundation mm-hmm. on, and it starts to flake around your nose, and it's just, like, so frustrating. Yep. What will also really help with that is a good primer, but I'll get back to that. Um, my first recommendation is something that my husband uses that he absolutely loves. His skin is very dry and very sensitive, and it's by a cure. Um, there's a couple products from Acure that we've linked in here before that we really like, and yeah. this one is really um, kind of stands alone. It's perfect for people who have sensitive skin. Great for teens who are just starting a really yes. their like skincare routine. It's called the Seriously Soothing Cloud Cream. Yes, and it feels like what it sounds like. I will admit the smell is not my favorite. Really, it's not my favorite. It's a little bit strong. But um, but it is formulated for dry and sensitive skin. Yes. And so, so for our men who are shaving every day,
1: mm. it's a really
2: great lotion for them. And it's $16. Mm-hmm. And it lasts a long time. Yes. This is does. the kind of product that you need the size of your pinky nail. You do mm-hmm. not need much more than that. Right, And you can get this on Amazon. You can mm-hmm. get it at your local health Target. store. Mm-hmm. And my daughter actually, uh, my daughter Grace uses it too. She breaks out and it's – problem with – teens who break out who have dry skin is you don't want to put anything too heavy mm-hmm. and so this is like the perfect um, blend yeah. of heavy moisturizer without it being an oil that's heavy. Yeah. Okay now my favorite which I've actually turned you and Chad on to and a few of our yes. other friends is the Keys Tortuga Super
1: Emollient Lotion. You gave me one of these and I used it up and then bought more because I love it so much.
2: And it's great not only for your face but you can use it and it's a little bit TMI. I sometimes get really bad razor burn. And this oh. is one of the only things I can put on it that doesn't like sting or mm-hmm. exacerbate it with moisture. It has carrot seed oil in it, avocado oil in mm-hmm. it, which sounds like really heavy oils. And at first, it kind of feels a little bit heavy, but once it moisturize or it gets absorbed into your skin, yeah. it feels
1: amazing. And it's shea butter based. Yes. So it's great for sensitive skin and great for dry skin. Like, this is your winter moisturizer. And I think it smells so good. It really does. I love the smell and of that one. It's
2: not like the spa smell like we've talked about and we've fawn over before. It's a very unique smell. Mm-hmm. And it has, I think, a little bit more of a masculine smell, which I'm really, gra- I gravitate to. Yeah. And it's a nice price point anywhere from like 16 to 22, depending on where you're buying it. Yeah. It's vegan. It's gluten free and it lasts. It's one of those really nice um, hand pumps. Yes. Where you kind of you have to bang it on the counter for a second, get, <laughs> yes. the, get the air out.
1: Yeah. And it will last you a really, really long time. Yeah. I totally love that one. Um, I will mention one more um, face product that I have just started using that I really like. It's Previse. Previse? Previse. I think it's Previse. Dermapothecary. <laughs> um, but anyway, they have a total vegan cruelty-free line. Um, and it's their hydro Milk Pressed Serum. And they're a Swedish company. They are. So it is like a serum, but um, it feels like a lotion. Mm-hmm. And it r- is
2: really softening. I'm just sitting here next to Kristen rubbing my hand because she just put it on I just the top put it of my hand. Her, I just put it and on it's, her It's hands. that feeling where it's like really moisturizing, but then it also feels like not, not powdery, but I would say exp- it's like velvety. Matte. Yes, velvety. Velvety. Yes.
1: Velvety. And this one has hyaluronic acid in it. Now, I will say this one's a little more spendy. I think it's $45. But you get a lot. But it, it is a big yes. thing. It's got a nice pump, and it goes a long way. And so. I, w-
2: I will say, with skincare, I mean, you're getting advertisements from every direction. We They want us to spend the same amount of money on our cleanser, our SPF, yes. our serums. Moisturizer is a place where I wouldn't skimp. Yeah. I agree. With your cleansers and yeah. with, sometimes with your SPF, I think you can go for the lower price, price mm-hmm. points. But moisturizer doesn't come off of your face. Yeah. Right? It stays on our face and it gets absorbed into our skin. Yes. You know, the cleansers, you can, you can probably cheap out a little bit. But I will say investing in a good moisturizer is key.
1: Well, and I also want to say this about price point. You have to consider... How far it goes, right? Because I have used Avino before, and it it doesn't go a long way. It's a thinner lotion. Mm -hmm. You're using more of it. It's a cheaper price point, absolutely. Whereas some of the ones that we just talked about, you're just using a tiny little drop, and it's really emollient.
2: And keep an eye when you are looking at ingredients. I know a lot of our listeners are, you know, they do their homework. Mm -hmm. When you're buying a moisturizer or a serum, you want to make sure that that first ingredient is not water. Yeah. So that. A lot of the -the over-the-counters or things you can buy at CVS. I'm not saying they're all bad, Mm -hmm. but they are
1: a lot cheaper to make, which is why they're so much less expensive. Now, she also mentioned the issue of flaking with her foundation. A tinted moisturizer is a good solution. And the Keys Tortuga one we mentioned does have a tinted option. And the bummer about tinted is sometimes – like, it can be sometimes hard to find – one that matches every skin. It's not going to work for everyone. No. Um, No. Yeah, but they do have a tinted one. And I would say if, and I would say if you're finding that struggle um, with your foundation kind of flaking off to look into a tinted moisturizer. Absolutely. It can be, that can be hard though sometimes because a lot of times companies make one color Mm -hmm. and it's kind of, you know, it's that quote-unquote flesh tone <laughs> yeah. that is not many people's flesh tones. Absolutely. Um, so if you have darker skin and you wanted, like, more of a customized, you know, darker um, cream, um, you could look at Bella Terra BB Cream. Mm-hmm. They have all different shades. And um, they are on the cleaner side also. Yes, they are. Or um, Vapor, that is a company that Sarah has talked about mm-hmm. a ton. They have an oil moisturizer that's tinted that's really nice. And Every they have single that in- product
2: from Vapor that I have purchased – I loved it. It's so nice. Like, treat yourself to vapor.
1: <laughs> it's nice. And I will say this. Vapor is spendy. It is. But this um, oil foundation, you do not need much of it. Mm-hmm. It really goes a long way. I have a bottle of it that I have been using for, like, a year.
2: That is an episode or a, a question that we should do at one point, too, is how much of each product should we be using? Yeah. Right. Even with myself, I overuse products. Mm-hmm. And we really should be, like <laughs> – when we talk about like the pinky nail. Yeah. Even with like our foundations, we need so much less than we're using and they'll go so much further. So true.
1: We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors. I have talked about my use of CBD quite a bit on this show. Claire is also an avid user. We have both found it helpful with our anxiety and with sleep. Claire has found it to be helpful with one of her children as well. CBD has a ton of benefits. Our bodies already make cannabinoids and CBD helps us naturally balance that within our body. But it's important to note that not all CBDs CBD is created equal. There's a great company called Hemp Fusion that creates a CBD that also contains omegas and also contains terpenes. These things blended together help you feel even better. They do this because CBD works best for your body when it's combined with these other nutrients. Their specific blend of natural ingredients helps specifically with stress, with sleep, and with energy. I don't know about you guys, but those are three things I am always needing help with. You can find Hemp Fusion online, and you can also find it at natural product retailers near you. It ships anywhere in the U.S. As a reminder, THC-free CBD is legal across the U.S. So, You can use the promo code SELFIE for 20% off your first order of Hemp Fusion with free shipping at hempfusion.com. Again, that's promo code SELFIE to get 20% off your first order.
3: Let's hear from BJ. Hi, guys. Can I just start this little segment for a moment by asking you to just stop whatever you're doing? If you're multitasking while you listen to the podcast today, I'm just going to ask you to stop and put your feet on the floor. And close your eyes and take a really deep breath and just ex- exhale all the way out. And then just kind of become aware of your breath and um, and how you're feeling in your body. If you can just take a few minutes to set aside everything for a minute. I know your kids are probably screaming in the background. Your husband's around the corner. This is not usually the dynamic in which you take in the selfie podcast. But here's the thing. I'm probably going to have sirens and children downstairs playing and other sounds come through my microphone today. And whatever's going on in your life, just invite it in and let it be a part of this Um, because it's just there. And the sooner we come to terms with the different as just what it is except what we can't change about it and invite it all in as meaningful in some way then it makes it a lot easier to process so a few minutes ago I asked you guys to give me some information about where you are and what you needed to hear from me this week boy did you give me some good questions so I'm going to run through them as quick as I can I don't want to spend a lot of time away from the rest of the podcast on this, but I do want to try to address as many of them as I can. And I'm going to kind of lump some of them up because they all kind of fit together. Um, the first one is about how to quiet your mind at night when you lie down in bed and it's racing with all the thoughts of everything and the anxiety is has taken control of your mind. And I've described in the past what's happening here when your brain runs with these stories. I've also on the selfie podcast community page. More than once now, I have posted a link to the state breathing app. I will post it again. I will ask Kristen to put it in the show notes. It's $3.99 a month. It's worth every penny. If it was 15 times that much, it would be worth every penny. This is not your typical breathing app. This is not your typical meditation app. This app was designed um, by Stanford University. And um, actually a group of of different people um, who all came together to do a a four-year study that has now turned into a six-year study um, on breathwork that led to um, understanding the impact trauma has on the body. This was originally a study that was being done for elite athletes. Um, but what they've learned from it is there's nothing different about the way an elite athlete trains than the way we heal from trauma on a daily basis. And I'm fortunate enough that one of the leaders of this study is my client. And they came to that conclusion because of the work that we were doing around trauma with him. And so this app is will change literally change your life it will change the way your body processes co2 which in turn will calm your nervous system so our when we are in hyper vigilant or hyper aroused mode which we've talked about on the show before we are our central nervous system is running on high gear and this app the algorithms adjust to you as you use it more frequently and as your breath comes into your body your central central nervous system will begin to regulate it will begin to calm down your breathing will come more from your diaphragm and less from your chest if you'll notice when you're anxious you're you're breathing very shallowly it's coming from the upper part of your um, lungs instead of all the way from the bottom and, and pressing into your diaphragm and pulling it up Um, And so this app will retrain your body to breathe the way it's supposed to when it's not in a hyper aroused state. So I encourage everyone to use it. There's four modes. Wake up and use either the be present mode or the um, be alert mode. If you're having a hard time in the afternoon, you can use the alert mode or the be present one. And there's one more. I think it's be calm, um, which will ease anxiety throughout the day. And then there's a sleep mode and you can do them repeatedly. Each mode's about three to five minutes long, sometimes up to seven when you first start or after you get going, it may increase um, as you get stronger. It will, the more you use it, the more it will, the better it will work for you. And so I encourage everyone to get it, use it daily, wake up with it, go to bed with it. If you can find a five minutes to do it in the middle of the day, do it then too. You can repeat the sleep one if it's not working quickly at the end of each mode, it will ask you if it was just right, too hard, or too easy. Easy. If you say it was too easy and then go back and do it again, uh, or too hard and go back and do it again, it will have it easier, and or vice versa, and it will keep growing with you so that you can get better at it. It will also ask you if you feel the same, worse, or better, and if you say the same or worse, then it's going to shift what it does for you if you do it again. So I do the sleep app when I'm anxious until my body and my brain begin to calm. And then I'll switch over to a meditation app and listen to a guided meditation. I don't try to listen to a guided meditation when my mind's activated because it's not going to pay attention. It's just going to race anyway. And it may still race, but when you calm your central nervous system, that part of your brain that runs with story will begin to calm as well. On top of that, I encourage you to practice sleep hygiene. I talked a little bit about this last week. Put rituals together with the whole family that a couple hours before bedtime, everything calms down. The TV goes off, or if you watch something, it's something really calm. Um, maybe you put on soft music, everybody takes baths, or you light candles and lower the lights. This is a good time to use the um, the card game that uh, Kristen talked about the other day where you can talk with your kids about specific important things. This is a good time to do a check-in with your kids and see how they're feeling about things so that you're calming their minds before they go to bed. Because let me tell you, when they lie down and the lights go off and the house gets quiet, their brains race too. And they've heard you talk and they've seen your and felt your energy and their little brains are writing stories. Which leads us to another question. Is what do we do how do we talk to our kids about all of this? Somebody said they were talking to a friend and they were discussing the trauma that it's, that their children are experiencing because of this. And it's really important for you to know that all of this is, is creating trauma for all of us. And we can heal our own trauma as we go. We can mitigate the impact that it has on us when we become present and aware and work towards that. So, What I would encourage you to do is talk about everything, process feelings throughout the day, ask your kids what they feel, what they feel about something. You know, one of the things that you might consider is go on Google or you can uh, even there's some that you can even order from Amazon. There are, are emotions charts. And sometimes kids have a hard time knowing exactly what they feel and having these charts. There's some for kids where you put it on the floor and they actually stand on what they feel and giving them the ability to choose what they're feeling, telling you where they feel it in their bodies. And then, if it's in their their chest, then have them put their hand on their chest and on their belly, and breathe deep. If it's uh, making, if their tummy hurts, then get. If you use essential oils, then rub their tummy with lavender. Um, do do things that if if their legs are restless, then massage their legs. Get, do something physical, something tangible, that will make them feel like they're moving this energy through their body. Have them do yoga moves. have them do stretches. Have them dance. Dancing emotions, dancing anxiety is really powerful. Ha- turn the music on early before you get them too ramped up, but not even like fast music. Put on something really melodic and and have them create a, a very like ballet or or freestyle dance or stretching or whatever they want to that and do it with them. This will help all of you. But having a sleep hygiene, a a bedtime ritual that leads up to bedtime and quiet where together you're processing whatever came up today, you're cleaning up some messes. Several of you talked about snapping a lot. We're going to do that. So here's what you want to talk about around that. Your partner's working from home too. You guys need to sit down right now if you haven't already and negotiate what that's going to look like from this point forward. My husband and I, are have, we literally saved our marriage by learning how to socially distance from each other all the time. So his brain used to write stories when he was in his anxious attachment about everything. If he texted me when he left work and said, on my way home, do you need anything? And I said no or nope, he thought I was mad at him. Because in our home, we say yepa and Nopa to everything. And so if I typed back nopea, then he knew I was in a good mood. If I didn't, he assumed I wasn't. And he would come in the door on high alert waiting to see take the temperature of the room, see if what I was upset about. And it created a lot of misunderstanding because I was just saying, no, I didn't have any meaning behind it at all. And so we all do that. So what we do, we have a joke about it now, but what you wanted, we learned how to, to communicate that. And so what he had to learn is at the end of the day, since I started my private practice at the end of a work day, often I start my clients at seven o'clock in the morning and two days a week I go till in into the evening. I have a couple of breaks in the middle of my day. But for the most part, I'm talking to seven to nine clients a day. I have no words left or nor any desire for energy around me. I want to be completely alone. I want to turn the TV on and zone out because that's, that is the most important thing for me to do. I do take some time to decompress at the end of my day to process any feelings that I'm having throughout the day around my client my client's care, which I've had to do a lot of the last couple of weeks because it's been super heavy and a lot of anxiety on my client calls. And so I've had to, I've actually had to reach out to support for myself, but I do that. And then when the day ends, I'm done and I tune out and he now knows that. So he may have something really exciting happened, happen at the end of his day and he wants to talk about it. And he'll say in a text on the way home, Hey, really love to tell you what happened in group today if you're up to if not let me know and I'll tell you about it tomorrow and I'll say yeah let's do that tomorrow it's as simple as that But these are not things that we typically do. We just kind of assume our partners know what we need and that they'll show up the way we want them to show up. And we'll show up for them, expecting them to know exactly what we're thinking and doing, et cetera. And so what you want to do is sit down and say, okay, there's going to be times when I just need space from you. So let's designate space. I get the living room most of the time. And my husband, if he wants to watch television and not watch something I'm watching and I or I need space, then he goes into our bedroom and watches TV. But he also has a meditation room in our house. He leads meditation. He he also facilitates drum circles and other music medicine groups. And so he has all these percussion instruments. So he needs a room that specifically stores all those things. And he has a vintage straddle lounger, um, recliner in that room and so that's his meditation room so he spends a lot of time in there or in our bedroom when I need space from him I may actually claim the bedroom and he goes into one of those other spaces but we will we have we know what it looks like to be socially distancing from one another on a regular basis so this transition has been pretty easy for us except he's here all the time and I'm used to having the house to myself three days a week without barely seeing him. He comes in at nine 30 at night on those days. And so it's very different, but we have early on went, okay, let's, let's just take each other's temperature every once in a while. If it starts feeling like you're in my way, I'll say something if, and I won't let it build up. I won't let I won't get into resentment and frustration. I'll just communicate it. I'll say, Hey, I need some space. I need, or I need to not talk for the next two hours. Or I need to not be interrupted or whatever it may be. And so then come evening time, because that's about the only time we turn our television on, we'll decide if we're going to watch TV together or if we're going to watch it separately, or if we want to do something we've been playing. We've been playing Jen Rummy, which we haven't done in decades. Um, we've been trying to do some things just to spend time together Um in this time. And so, but during the day, we do a lot of our own projects and kind of interact with each other, which we're used to doing three or four days a week already. So this has not changed anything very much for me because I work from home and I talk to all my clients by phone, but it's, he lost two of his jobs, um, the very first beginning of this. And so he's home all the time and the other job transitioned to virtual groups for him. And so, Um, He's underfoot, and he's been getting a little stir-crazy, and he got into a little bit of codependency the other day, and we just stopped, and I said, okay, here's the thing. You're trying to take responsibility for what you think I'm thinking, and this is what we don't do. We've not done this in a long time, and I'm feeling it, and you're feeling it, and we need to just go back to baseline, and he was like, I realize now what this is about, And he went and addressed what it was about for him. He was realizing he wasn't getting enough physical movement. And so he's been taking walks by himself every day. So you guys need to negotiate these things. Don't just assume that you'll figure it out because you spend time together two days a week normally. This is different. Anxiety is high. Tension is high. Stress levels are high. It's hard to work from home when you're not used to working from home. It's hard to work from home without the privacy or the typical... Um, setup that you're used to having it's hard to work when there's kids around Um, somebody talked about the kids here's one of the things that you somebody's question was about how do I work with my kids underfoot when I need my husband and I are sharing the responsibilities of the kids but somebody needs something all the time and I was on a conference call or a, a work call and I needed to give it my undivided attention and my kids were pulling from me Here's the thing. Everybody's working from home. Everybody's kids are home from school. You need to have a negotiating conversation with your boss because you need they need to understand your kids are going to come into the room and you need to have the freedom to figure out what to do when that happens. Now, I'm going to say this not because I'm assuming you haven't done this, but just because some people just don't think about this when you have to have a conference call when you have to be dedicated to work and don't and you need to not be interrupted it's really crucial that you give your kids specific plans of things to do put them in a specific part of the house and set an alarm for them and let them know that they can't come out of that space for as long until that alarm goes off. They can do whatever they want to do within that space, but they can't come out of the room until that alarm goes off. And that way you've got that time. We know that that kids are going to come out of the room. We know that. But this is a great way to begin to cooperate with each other, having a conversation with them about the importance of being able to have these this is the the only, you know, some, some mommy and daddies lost their jobs because they couldn't work from home. And we're fortunate enough that we're able to work from home, but in order for us to have our life go on like it does, we need to be able to work as though we're at work. And I know this is different for you. And I know it feels really weird. And I know I'm right here and it feels like you should be able to come and ask me anything. But I really need you to understand that I am I have to go to work. And so let's find something for you to do when I have to go to work. For little ones, you might even give them a job. You have to go to work and I have to go to work. I'm going to work in here and you need to go to work in here. And when we get done with work, let's talk about what work looked look like. And you can bring me, you can show me what you did at work. Whatever it is, get creative based on their age ages and just set those expectations they won't always need them but at least if they have the guideline there's going to be something really grounding about that just like the routines that you guys have been setting up because you know that just free play all day long is dysregulating for them because nothing feels right and they know something's up and so that structure that routine is helpful do the same thing in these little microcosmic ways where you Give them specific, save specific things to do for that time. Save screen time for when you need to work. Save movie time for when you need to work. What? Give them a, a, a look up something really creative for them to do and order supplies and give them a surprise uh, craft to do when you need some downtime or some time away from them or to work. So, um. Be really creative, but be really honest with your employer and ask them and everyone else on the call, bring this to work. How many of you are struggling with your kids being in the next room and coming to interrupt during these calls? Can we break these calls up in half hour segments? Or can we, um, are, is everyone okay if my kid comes in and I have to interrupt a couple of times, you know, I don't, I don't want to be dismissive of my kids because this is angst-inducing enough for them, and if I'm shooing them out of the room because I'm focusing on work, that's traumatizing for kids. That is going to have a lasting impact. So we need to be able to do both. We're also going to royally fail at all of it. All of it. The snapping at our husbands, the snapping at the kids, the the agitation over chips. Come on. Crunchy foods are going to kill us in this <laughs> pandemic, So just recognize that these are all perfectly normal responses because your central nervous system is so activated all the time. The more you address your anxiety, the more you address your central nervous system coming into a regulated state, the easier it will be to tolerate these things. Circling back at the end of the day. Okay, let's talk about today. I want to apologize for that moment when I snapped at you because you were crunching your potato chips. I know it's impossible to make Potato chips not be crunchy, but maybe if you could just chew with your mouth closed, it might help a little bit. Or maybe if you could leave the room when you're crunching on potato chips, and I'm trying to focus on work. Maybe we can have an agreement about how we do that. Um, and I and also I'm really sorry that I responded the way I did. Um, also on the front end, I'm gonna be irritable. It's gonna come out sideways and i'm apologizing in advance today i'm a, you can say today i'm especially agitated and i'm struggling to get calm and i'm going to take a minute to really try to get grounded but i have a feeling i'm just i'm just kind of in burnout and so it's probably gonna come out sideways. I might need some extra time at the end of the day by myself to begin to regulate this so that I can have a, a do-over tomorrow. But I'm just letting you know in advance so that if I snap at you today, please don't take it personally. It's not about you. I'm just really struggling right now. The other day, um, an experience, we had an experience with our son who's a, a, nurse, a charge nurse in an uh, emergency room um, in a pretty large hospital. And he's got three children under three. They have an eight, a seven-week-old and a three-year-old and a two-year-old, not quite two. And he hit a wall this week just over the PPE shortages and the fear and the anxiety and the stress. He's exposed to almost every person that walks in. And he just started crying. And our daughter-in-law let us know. And we kind of all rallied around him and supported him. And I cried all morning. I lost it. It's the first time it caught up with me, and I realized how much I'd even been holding in, even though I thought I'd been processing it well, and I had been. There was still some residue, and it all came crashing in on me when I got that text from her. It's our babies. I don't care if he's 41. He's my baby. He's my first boy. And he's my boy, and he's struggling. And um, and I know some of you are nurses and healthcare providers, and you're struggling with the fear. I did read today where um, Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and a number of other major CEOs are all coming together and donating millions of dollars and and um, creating situations where factories can produce the PPE that's needed for our healthcare workers um in record time I'm praying that actually happens I hope it's not just a lot of promises that aren't going to come true because this time in a week we're going to be in trouble our our healthcare workers are going to be working unprotected and they can't intubate these these people without um those masks and they are talking about they had a meeting at my son's work the other day about using um trash bags for gowns and we should not have that crisis going on with everything else. And so I know some of you are in that space and that anxiety is so high. And so I'm encouraging you to, if if you don't have a therapist or if you don't have a trauma therapist, get one. Telehealth is covered by insurance now. Almost that's what all of our therapists have gone to. They're all using telehealth or some type of web-based and um video conferencing that is HIPAA compliant. Um, get a therapist, get a support system at work and away from work, not your family, somebody else, hopefully someone who also does health care. My son has been in, in an ER for the last almost 15 years of his life. He has long-term relationships with other nurses that he's worked with in the past and a couple of them suffer from anxiety all the time, and they've all rallied to support each other. He went to his supervisor, and she's been checking in on him frequently, and they've been connecting and processing throughout the day. And he's doing what it takes to support him. His wife is also a nurse, and so he's able to talk with her, although they don't get a lot of adult conversation, as you can imagine, with three little ones. And so um, he's relying on other people. And also we're going to get him in to see a therapist. And so be sure that you're putting systems around you um, to address all of this. And let me just look at what other questions. I feel like in that little thing, it all just kind of came up. Um, Self-care during downtime. Quiet. Just be still ground put your feet on the ground get outside and put your feet in the dirt walk move your body M- talk to someone process whatever you're feeling because the every time you don't process an emotion good or bad through some kind of release it stores in your body and the more you take in without processing it the harder this whole situation is going to be be careful of numbing i don't you can have a glass of wine but if you find yourself having too many glasses of wine just pay attention you can have a glass of wine at the end of the day as long as you've processed what you need to process before you you have that glass of wine because if you are numbing or stuffing it in or not having an outlet for it it will come out in ineffective ways and actually detrimental ways that will harm you harm your children harm your work and that is not let's let's not let that be the result of this situation reach out for support reach out to us we will we will support you this group is so freaking supportive and I just love it and I'm coming up on a half hour and I really didn't mean to go this long Um, the last thing was job insecurity anxiety And as I said, my husband lost three quarters of his income at the very beginning of this. And I feel like my practice will eventually be affected as well because some of my clients will be affected financially and not be able to continue working with me um, during this time. All I can say is there will have to be federal relief programs because 90% of us have been affected by this financially already. Our economy won't survive if there's not an, a federal response to this. We will have to find a way to recover together. It will not fall to you to recover on your own, because you wouldn't. We wouldn't. The entire economy would crash if they left us to do that. We don't have any way of knowing what that's going to look like, but we. You have to know that there will be something. You're not going to have to figure this out on your own. And I'll very quickly say this. Fear begets scarcity, and scarcity begets greed. And fear is why people buy too much toilet paper. Not because they think they need more toilet paper. It's because they are afraid they won't be able to get it when they do need it. And fear leads you, it hijacks rational thought. It leads you to do irrational things. The problem with scarcity is that it it snowballs into more and more and more isolation, fear, anxiety, because it leaves everything up to you. It means that if you go bankrupt, it's going to be completely up to you to recover. If you get scared, it's completely up you up to you to recover from your fear. Everything feels like it's up to you. And When we step into abundance, abundance is a knowledge that there's something bigger than us that's supporting us, that there are other people, there are people who care about us and love us. Most, if if you believe in a higher power of any kind or just the spirit of the universe, it's there supporting us. It's conspiring on our behalf. There's a government that will have to come around us on some level. It's easy to not trust the government, but we have to believe that that. Um, rationale will prevail on some way because the government's going to depend upon our recovering financially. And so there are going to be sources outside of my power that are going to support my family in recovering financially from this pandemic. And that's those same forces are there for you. And we're going to have to lean on each other. We're going to have to lean on that greater force, whatever that force might be or we're not gonna make it. And so don't get into scarcity. Don't get into the fear that says I'm on my own and I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, fail on my own and I'm gonna have to recover on my own. We are all in this together and we will be in our recovery from it together. And we will support one another through this.
1: All right, well, that um, is super helpful. I feel like BJ's voice is like, even just her voice is so soothing.
0: <laughs> just so soothing. I, I mean, if it wasn't for social distancing, I would, I would really, I would pay to have BJ, like in my bedroom at night, just talking to me as I
1: fall asleep. Well, I feel like BJ brought like the meaningful distressing, and now you and I are just going to talk about like what TV shows we're watching.
0: <laughs> yeah, can we? Can, yeah, I would
1: love. Like, can we talk about dumb stuff now? <laughs> now we're going to talk about just the dumb stuff we're doing to stay sane. Okay, can I make a confession? Please. Um, I have not opened one single book since this whole quarantine started
0: honestly at this point i think there is just no room for judging oneself um i was reading how like none of us are actually homeschooling we're like quarantine schooling because if we were really homeschooling we would you know be having get-togethers or doing co-ops or going on field trips we're all staying at home not going to stores and like eating carbs i think there's no room for to judge any of our so i'm 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 totally okay with you not opening up a book. Not that you needed my approval, but you you have it anyway. Well, I think my (laughs)
1: issue, I mean, one is that I'm never alone. I'm never Uh, alone. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny, you know, my boyfriend is, and his daughters were quarantined together, um, which actually has worked out really well. So they, I have a back house um, and they, they actually had to move in with me right before the holidays because his apartment flooded Um, it was a burst, um, sprinkler pipe and he, he lived in these like cool loft apartments and a sprinkler pipe above him burst and it flooded everything. So they came and moved in with us. We thought it was temporary. And then my back house opened up because my foreign exchange student moved. So they are renting my back house. So it actually has turned out to be like, I mean, it was terrible timing (laughs) that they had to, you know, nobody wants to move under duress but it actually turned out to be kind of good timing because now they're moved in as this quarantine started, like it wasn't a scramble. And I think it's very helpful having them here. Um, But nonetheless, I'm never alone. There's six children here, not four. Um, (laughs) And my very extroverted boyfriend. So I just, I don't know. And, and I think I'm watching television more than i used to i know that i'm watching television more than i used to so i just yeah i i want to get to the book reading but i feel like all day long i'm managing like every is everyone doing school and then by the end of the day i'm like let's just bring on the bad reality tv nice well what are you watching well i will tell you for one we um started um little fires everywhere which is on hulu hulu yes
0: okay let me tell you something about did you read little fires everywhere i did Yes, so I I read it too, and now I'm excited to watch it, although I already have big thoughts about it.
1: Well, it's really interesting because, you know, I start watching it and I'm like, I really don't remember these characters being black. And then I'm like Googling it. I'm like, Did, is this a detail that I missed? Like, I missed that the characters were black? Um. But they were not in the they book. They were not. And no. so it's, it's adding a really interesting element to it because it's a, it's already a story of, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but it's a story of a privileged family and a not so privileged family. But when you add the race element to that, it, it adds a whole different layer.
0: Yes. No, I agree. And the race element, there there's another, I mean, again, we don't want to give it away, but the mm-hmm. um, the adoption thing, too, Yes, there's offers an adoption another mm-hmm. that also taps into other cultures. So sure does. Anyway, yes. And so uh watching it, I was like, that that's the exact – I was like, oh, I did not uh, – that was not my takeaway from the book, which, I mean, I think everyone – uh I think I- – I'm sure they'll all do a really good job, but I watched – I binge watched the first three episodes, which is big for me because I don't – I'm not a big – TV watcher, I fall asleep or I get bored or I ended up like tweeting at the same time,
1: uh, but I did watch those three first episodes. Yes, that's all that's out so far is the first right. three. Right, Well, another one drops tonight. Actually, not that I'm watching. <laughs> you know, like your life is so sad and you're in quarantine when you know the TV schedule, like when shows come out, um, and then our just reality TV just binge is um, 60 Days In, which is that show about pe- like regular people going into prison. (laughs) What? Is that a show? The best. It's the best. Yes. (laughs) That's a show. And yeah, it's just like everyday citizens. They pick, I think, like about 10 to 15 people each season and they go spend 60 days in prison. And there's really an effort to both highlight you know, the issues inherent in prison and also to then they go back and they tell the prison, sh- like the sheriff, like what's happening in the prison? Where are the drugs coming from? <laughs> this is the most absurd. It's the best. It's like Lord of the Flies. So they go in and then there are narcs on top of it? That's oh, terrible. Yeah. Thought, I thought you were about to say, here's how I think we can improve the system. Yes no. And. It's a yes and. <laughs> No, it is definitely a yes and and they have different they have people from different walks of life. So it's like they'll have a mother whose daughter's in prison, but then they'll have like this right-wing nut job gun guy and then they'll have an ex-marine. So everyone's coming in with a different lens. I mean, I actually think it's an exercise in empathy. Um, and it also it really I can't eye stop opening. laughing. I know, I know. No. But it's very eye-opening to like our prison system is so bad. It's so bad. They're not like no one's getting better in prison. Everyone's getting worse. Like everyone's mental health is getting worse. Everyone's criminality is getting worse. Like we're not rehabilitating anyone. It's just a horrible, horrible Mm -hmm. scenario. So it's a great I don't know. I love it. It's just escapism, pure drama, just so much drama.
0: Well, it's interesting because a lot of the... Um, so I have friends, and I, I, this this is not meant to sound like I'm aligning anyone, but I've never gotten into reality TV at all. And so everything I know about the show The Bachelor... Yes. ...is I, I learned it against my will. Yes. And so I only recently found out that they're supposed to get engaged at the end. Oh, yeah. Which is wild to me. And so there is this entire genre of TV shows that I'm just not familiar with. And and there's part of me that's like, if there's ever a time to dip my toe into the insanity of reality television, should it not be during a global pandemic where I'm stuck indoors? (laughs) But then on the flip side, I'm like, is this really how I want to (laughs) spend? Is this really how I want to spend my quarantine time? So I'm like, okay, here's my question for you. If I'm going to watch a reality TV show for the very first
1: time, what should I try? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I wouldn't do the Bachelor. Um, okay. I do watch the Bachelor. <laughs> if, if you were going to dip your toes in, I'd just start with Bachelor in Paradise, which is all of the <laughs> Bachelor contestant rejects on an island together. <laughs> like go big or go home, or you could do um, Love is Blind. Is that the is that what it's called? That one that everyone? Yeah, Love I know. I know people are talking about it, and I don't know what it is. It's pretty good. It's it, that one was pretty good, actually. I would start there. Did you never watch like? Um, well, you're you're younger than me. You never watched like um, the Real World oh, or okay. Big Brother. Okay, I, I did.
0: I, okay. No, I, I'm familiar with the Real World, um, but no, no to Big Brother. Um, yeah, no to Big Brother. Uh, I watched like an episode of The Amazing Race. Is that still on? Uh, oh yeah,
1: that's reality. Yeah,
0: and like and like uh, Survivor, I guess back in the. Yeah, Whatever's.
1: yeah, that's survival. Oh, have you watched *Naked and Afraid*? No. Okay, uh, I actually think you would really like that one. It sounds terrible. What is it? They what? drop two people with nothing on like an island. I mean, it's Survivor times a million. It's two people.
0: Are nothing. they actually
1: naked? They're li- they're naked. They're literally naked.
0: This is <laughs> yes. this is some this is some weird garden of eden
1: fetishized biblical times stuff there's nothing sexy about it it's so bad my kids love this show actually (laughs) (laughs)
0: okay here is the one tv show that i do watch religiously only one 20 minutes a week i love it so much brooklyn 99 nobody tell me that you hate it it's no don't say yeah with a sigh at the end it is a very funny show Kristen. (laughs)
1: I like it. I don't love it. My kids love it. We watch it together. I like it. Okay. I'm uh, going to name some shows in case people are looking for a show. Okay. First of all, um, Shits Creek. Have you seen Shits Creek? Not yet. You told me I should watch that, but it's not yet. It's so good. And then another good Canadian show is um, Kim's Convenience. Oh. It's adorable. It is so cute. It's this, like, immigrant family that has a convenience store in Toronto it's so adorable, and that one's pretty clean to watch with kids. There's a couple episodes that are a little awkward, but um, that one. And then Rami was so good. Oh, that's right. You did tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, Rami. So those are my those are my recommendations. Rami, Kim's Convenience, and Schitt's Creek. Rami definitely not for kids. The other two probably good for teens.
0: Okay. Mine uh is still gonna be Brooklyn nine nine. Okay. If only because the most recent episode, Andy Sandberg has to go undercover as an ASMR performer. <laughs> 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 and, and
1: it is so funny. <laughs> well, you know what my kids are watching right now, so random, is 30 Rock.
0: I have not seen 30 Rock.
1: Yeah, it's I forgot how old it is. Like I'm watching it and I'm like, man, she has like the Jennifer Aniston from Friends haircut, like this is. Oh, old. she's using like
0: a, a like a Nokia phone. Yes, it's
1: so
0: old. <laughs> um, i i haven't been I haven't been binge watching too much. There's a part of me that just wants to start watching apocalyptic movies, but then I don't know if that's like a little too on the nose.
1: You know what I mean? Like if we uh-huh. all start watching The Hunger Games again. Uh-huh. Um, you know what's so- funny? My boyfriend started reading The Hunger Games out loud to my children.
0: Oh. We're oh, doing, good. like the
1: full gather around the fire out out loud <laughs> that's, reading.
0: That's nice. I will say I've been baking bread, and I realize that yes, makes you're... me Peta. That makes me Peta in the Hunger Games, which like, huh? I don't want to be Peta. No one wants to be Peta. Uh, but whatever. PETA, Peta provided
1: a vital service.
0: Yeah, I guess. But Peta's not like, I don't know. Peta's like the dork. I yeah. mean, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. But anyway, yes, I've I've been I've been baking bread. Um. Yeah, no, I'm I'm down to watch stuff, too. So if you are binge watching, please let us, anything that you like, please let us know in the Selfie Podcast Community Facebook group. We will start a although, whole TV thread. Although I will say, I can't watch anything,
1: like, dire right now. Yeah, I agree. Well, we started watching that. There's a whole um, documentary series on Netflix about a pandemic that they made before this happened. <laughs> Have you seen that? Oh, no. Oh, boy. It's so alarming to watch it knowing we're in it. Like, they're predicting it. They're talking about how to mitigate it. They're saying it's coming. And now you're right. watching it like, y'all were right. <laughs> oh, you're like,
0: oh, man, I really wish I hoarded, uh, I don't know, what, N95 masks and toilet paper so I could yeah. help at hospitals. Um Totally. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to everyone's recommendations.
1: Yes. And um, watch for um, watch for us in the Selfie Facebook community group. We did do a Google Hangout together um, last week. It was really fun. Thanks to all of it you was who joined. Fun. And we will, um, we'll definitely have to do another one in the next couple of weeks. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at Podcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can
0: also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at
1: SelfiePodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care!